So once again, we are in a series, a teaching series called What in the World? And we are here in, I believe this is week three of the series. And today is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're not going to have a message in the traditional sense, um, but we're going to have an opportunity to get to participate or experience something that I hope will really encourage you and bless you. And what is really neat about Good Shepherd is that we are a church that's inviting all people. We believe that Jesus is for all people. And that also includes people that are not originally from the United States of America. And on any given Sunday, there are roughly around 40 different countries that are represented here when we worship. And many of you are probably sitting next to somebody who was not born here, and uh, you haven't really gotten an opportunity to get to know any of them. Well, today we are going to have the opportunity to get to know three of my friends, and they're going to be able to share their story with us, how they came to faith. And um, they are from a place that very different places, very far away. I too am not from around here. I was actually born in a very wild country. Um, very creative people, a little weird, a little strange, a um, little place called California. Um, you may have heard of it. Yes, and uh, yeah, but it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. Don't wanna live there, but it's a beautiful place. And, uh, but we are so grateful for the opportunity to get to meet these new friends. So I'm gonna be inviting up Joseph, Gabor, and Annie. Would you put your hands together and welcome them to the platform? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, we've already done this one time. We get to do it again. This is really fun and exciting for all of us. And I thought we'd just get started by, first of all, if you just tell us your name and uh, where you're from. We'll start with you. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you all from the hot seat. (laughs) I am Joseph Arijala. I'm from south part of India from a beautiful city called Wysak. Wysak, awesome. Good morning, everyone. I'm, I'm Annie Boley, and I'm from Liberia, West Africa. Liberia was founded by free slaves from here. That's awesome. All right, good morning, Good Shepherd. My name is Gabor Kukuchka, and I'm from Hungary. There we go, awesome. So we have, yeah, that's pretty cool. So we have Asia, Africa, and Europe, California. Um, (laughs) So as we get started today, I wanted to start off with the first question is, could you share with us where you grew up and describe what your life was like before coming to the U.S.? Annie, I'd love to start with you. Okay. Like I said earlier, I'm Annie. I'm from Liberia, West Africa. Liberia was founded by free slaves from here. Um, It has a population of about over... Um, five million people, and of that population, about 83 to 86% is Christian. Um, I grew up with my dad, because when I was born, my mother divorced my dad and left. Um, I went to school in Liberia through high school, went to church, went to Lawana Girls Club, attended Sunday school and did all that. I actually got connected with church through SIM missionaries. SIM is a huge mission organization that sends people all over the world. Yeah, their headquarters is actually somewhere over there. Yeah, that (laughs) that direction. Yes. Um, After that, I 
went to a crusade in Liberia. It was not a Billy Graham crusade. I gave my heart to the Lord. I did everything else. I got, a few months after that, I got baptized. But I did not live for Jesus. Like we, the way we say here in our church, a living relationship with Christ, I did not have that. That's great, thanks for sharing that. Um, Joseph, could you tell us a little bit about where, about where you grew up and describe what your life was like before coming to the US? All right, so I was born in a Christian family. My parents are both believers. So when I was days old, just like we do here, uh, they dedicated me in the church. And the pastor of the church named me. The pastor named him Joseph. Could you imagine if that happened here, how many more Talbots there would be? <laughs> Because that is one lonely man. I think he finds one Talbot and he loses his mind. So yeah, yeah. Yes, probably he'd, he'd name me after a tennis player. Some tennis player, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Not Nadal, you're safe, it wouldn't yeah. be Nadal, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in our family, we have a tradition of having family prayers every day in the morning and in the evening and going to church, um, attending Sunday school, VBS, youth is is a cherished tradition, and it's a must for me because of my parents. So in one of the youth meetings, I accepted Jesus as my personal savior, inspired by the verse from Revelation 3.20, and uh, that was in the year 2013 of November, and in 2014, I was baptized. Oh, that's awesome. So you have like a really rich kind of family legacy of being a Christian. What's interesting is if you know anything about India, India is not a Christian nation. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that and how, your, how Christianity came to be a part of your family with your mom and dad? Yes, so my dad was born in Myanmar. It's not India. So at the age of seven, he moved to India with, with his part of the family. And we still have a part of family which was settled in Myanmar. So um, at the age of 14 with his mother, my dad started going to church, hearing gospel from a local church. And then at the age of 16, he accepted Jesus as his personal savior. So life was not so easy for them. They, they need to build from ground up. Um, but God that we serve is a turnaround God. Mm. He turned around situations. He, um, he blessed through every step of his life. And 50 years down, he's still serving the same God, living his life, retired life, mm -hmm. and then, you know, having a great life. Yeah. So, um, you know, God turned around situations in his life. And on the other side, my mom has a different story. My mom was born in India. And uh, she was born in a Christian family. But faith started generations down. So um, my great-great-grandmother was a Hindu. And she heard the gospel for the first time from a missionary who was from a Western country. And um, for which she was persecuted multiple times. And uh, she was warned to give up on her faith. Um, but she did not give up. Uh, eventually, in her late 20s, she was martyred for not giving up her, on her faith. But the story turns out good. God is so faithful through generations. Her great-grandson began to, you know, has planted seven churches which are still growing strong. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and her great-great-grandson. And her great-great-grandson is testifying in front of the same Western people. Yeah. Yeah, so a faith we test is a story we tell. So that's her story I'm testifying between, you know, before you all. That's awesome, very cool. Gabor, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your life was like growing up in Hungary? Yeah, so as I said, I was born and raised in Budapest, Hungary. It's not Pest, it's Pest. Um, Pest. It's gonna be really particular about that. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in a country of about 10 million people where the actual Christian evangelical um, is, church is about 3% of that. Um, it has been a Christian country for over a thousand years, but most people will be like, I'm a Christian because I'm Hungarian. I'm a Christian because I was baptized as a baby. That means absolutely nothing to me to this day, though. And I was the same. I was baptized as a baby, and it meant absolutely nothing to me. Um, my parents are non-churchgoers whatsoever. I can't recall a time when my parents opened the Bible. Um, and as an only child, I got to act out for a whole family. Um, so I started off my life at the age of 10, starting to smoke. Then at 12, I started drinking. And at the age of 13, I started doing drugs. Um, in the meantime, I was assigned athlete for um, a professional soccer and basketball club. Um, so I was set to like, well, either I'm going to be a soccer or a basketball player at one point in my life. Um, and it was going pretty good. But we were at a tournament in Italy, and I got my knees messed up. And the doctor said that the only way for you to ever play again if you go through this surgery, but it might not work. So, of course, as a little kid, I was scared of that, so I said, no, I'll be fine. I wasn't. And when one thing gets ripped out of your life that is important to you or you set your life to, you will try to, like, stuff something else in there. For me, that something else was more drinking, more uh, drugs, more smoking, more partying, and I was the party king of my school at the time. Um, and, yeah, it was crazy because I... Out of nowhere, I found out about a camp mm -hmm. called Speak Out. And Speak Out is organized by Crew, or Campus for Christ. Um, so I went there, because all it said, Americans at this lake and the money. And I was like, oh, why not? Why not go party with Americans? <laughs> so I went there, and before anything happened, I already had people uh, who were like, so, are you ready for the, I'm talking about this Jesus guy again? I'm like, wait, what now? So, yeah, I, it was the summer before my freshman year where I've heard the gospel for the first time. It's from a student named Kevin. Kevin was uh, a crew staff kid and also went to Clemson. Um, and that was his first time out of the country sharing the gospel with anyone. And his first week, first camp of week, I made him cry multiple times. <laughs> I was not a nice kid. Um, but in the midst of all that, I could see that me being mean or me saying my opinion did not change who he is mm. as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And something set him and the rest of the staff over the summer aside, but I couldn't pinpoint. I thought it was just a facade they put up for us campers, you know, to talk about this God who exists and all that. But I'm like, something is different, and I was just intrigued. Uh, and just to keep up with the friendships I made in that camp, uh, I started going to their Friday night high school outreach event, and they, each and every week, they would just bring up the gospel through a different topic, through a different conversation. 
So after about a year of hearing the gospel, every single week, I finally sat down with one of the, the staff um, at a Burger King, Burger King of all places. <laughs> he shared the gospel with me one last time, and I gave my life to Christ in that place. That's awesome. That's really good news. And you actually, at that time, too, also experienced a bit of a miracle in your life as it related to the substance abuse. Yes, yeah, so at the time, uh, as I said, I was smoking, drinking, and doing some drugs. I was smoking about a pack of cigarettes a day at the time. Um, so normally, in a big city like Budapest, you take the bus home or the train or whatever else. So as I left Burger King, um, as I was walking to the bus stop, my first instinct would normally be to light up a cigarette right away while I'm waiting. And the weird thing was, I did not have that urge in me as I left that Burger King after that decision. And as my life went on, I did not crave the drinking, I did not crave the drugs in a matter of weeks. So God did some miraculous healing in my life, which is still to this day is unbelievable to me. That's awesome, very cool. So the next thing we're gonna kind of skip down here is, um, why did you decide to make the move to the US and could you share some of the details um, surrounding that? I thought we would start with um, Joseph, if we could. Could you just tell us a little bit about what brought you or what was the process of coming to the States? All right, so after my bachelor's in 2014, uh, I, I decided to pursue my master's. So I took an exam, um, a nationwide exam in India where um, I was in the top 400s so I got to choose whatever school I want to and it is completely funded. But I had this desire in my heart to move to United States uh, and pursue a career. So in, in our church we do a, a something uh, towards the end of the year, we take a promise and we pray about that throughout the year. So I was praying about, uh, about moving to United States and asking God for a promise. So that year my promise was from Psalm 25 which is all thy fulfill, you know, the Lord will fulfill all thy petitions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I took that one, but I need one more confirmation because, uh, you know, moving to a different country is a big decision for me. I'll be living alone, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, growing up, everything was, uh, you know, somebody worked for me and all that. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to do my laundry and all that. So, it's like a typical 22-year-old person, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, as I was reading through my daily portion, um, you know, I was into a book of Joshua. So chapter 1, verse 9, you know, it goes like this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For I, the Lord, your God, will go wherever you go. So I have imprinted that on, on my heart, and then things unfolded. I, I spoke with my dad and my parents. I convinced them, and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, I'm here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Annie, what about you? What, tell us a little bit about how you came to be uh, here in the U.S. Okay. So I grew up on SIM campus in Liberia. And my brother, my one brother-in-law, he passed away years ago. He was um, one of the first Liberians that actually worked at the station. Um, so after he passed, I went to live with my sister and her, her kids. While I was living there, I made friends with some missionaries. So one of that missionary family 
approached me and asked if I wanted to come to the States to go to college. And I said, yes, of course. But while we were during, going through the process, something happened and that didn't work out through her family and that didn't work out. So then, a few years after that, another family that I knew through SIM, while en route to Kenya on vacation, they stopped to Liberia, and they asked me the same question. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh yes, I wanna go to the States to go to school. And I told them what had happened before and every paperwork that I had, I told them about. It was God working all through it because I didn't even have the first cent to come to the United States. When the family approached me and we talked about it, they came back to the States and they did all my paperwork. And it moved so fast. I got my visa, my, I mean, almost everything, like pretty much my plane ticket, everything the same day. So it was, again, God's finger was all through it. And here I am. Yeah, very cool. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, very cool. And Gabor, could you tell us uh, what, are the, what brought you to the United States? So yeah, as I said, I became a Christian through Crew, and Crew is really good about once you become a Christian, to put you in the Bible studies, to put you on campuses, to share your faith. So I became a really active Christian really quickly and really early on. And through a conference um, that crew organizes for student leadership for all of Eastern Europe and Russia, I was on the leadership team for that, and an organizer for that conference, um, we were headed to that conference and I received a phone call that my stepbrother has passed away that morning from cancer. And I said, I'm not going, I'm gonna turn around and you know, just be with the family. And they said, do not even think about that. And there's the beauty of, of, of God's humor that my parents who are non-believers or now practicing Christians, ever since they saw that change in my life, they wanted me to continue pursuing that. Without them, of course, because, you know, but, like, be a Christian. Oh, you want to be, like, you know, and, like, you know, do something with ministry? Do that. Go for it. That's great. We saw the change. You're, you're affecting students around you. That's awesome. Keep doing that. So when I went to that conference, I was as broken as I could be. Um, and all I could tell God, like, I am mad at you right now. I don't know what in the world you were trying to do with me being here with this, you know, heart of mine. But whatever you can do, just move, move in power. I saw you do that before when you brought me out of my substance abuse. You can do it again. Do whatever you have to do. And at that, um, at that student summit, I clearly heard God telling me you were going to go into full-time ministry. Um, the one downside with that, Hungary is in a very interesting situation where there's one Christian school that I know of that prepares you for full-time ministry, but it's not accredited. So to tell my um, non-believer parents that, hey, you're going to help me or even pay for a school that will not give me a degree was not going to be an option. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go the usual crew staff route, which means you're going to take an undergraduate of some sort, whatever that may be, and once you graduate, never touch that degree again. And that was not sitting right with me. So as I was praying and, and seeking, uh, my home church, which is uh, called Daniel International Church, all the American missionaries who are support staff for that region, 
One of them happened to be a Moody Bible Institute graduate, Ellie. And Ellie kept talking to me about how if you want to be in full-time ministry and it's important for your parents that you have an actual degree to support you through it, you should look into Moody Bible. Mm -hmm. So I was praying and realized that I definitely don't have the money to come to the States whatsoever. And as I started praying, I involved other people to do that with me. And out of nowhere, as I'm in the application process, asking God to show up people who I've never met in my life, just heard my story through other American friends who came to Hungary through different trips, have started giving donations for me to come to the States to, to pursue my education here. That's great. That's awesome. Very cool. So all of you are now in the uh, United States, and I'd love to get to know a little bit about what your life was like prior to coming to Good Shepherd. Um, I thought we could start with um, Joseph. Could you just tell us a bit about what your life was like, you know, going to school and um, before coming here? Yeah. So uh, I moved to this weird country which Chris is from. Yep. California. California. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> California. So um, God is so merciful, you know, uh, I was doing pretty good in my master's and I graduated with honors. And uh, so my life was going good. Even before I graduated, I got a job. So uh, that, that part was good. But my faith life somehow drifted because, um, because I was not a part of a Christian community mm. anymore. So my faith slowly diminished. And uh, with that, I... You know, I was away from the Lord. I developed some insecurities. My uh, relationship with my parents had surfaced. And, um, you know, and in 2020, still my secular life was good, but something was not right in the spirit, mm. right? So one night after my dinner, I was trying to sleep, but I couldn't. And it was past midnight, so I got into the car, and, um, you know, I called my dad, um, just trying to tell him what I'm going through. And, and he, he explained about how God led him through different situations in his life. Mm -hmm. And looking from this part of, towards the end part of his life, he can, he can see how God has led him through. Mm. So, and he encouraged me to be a part of Christian community and to be in that warmth so that I'll find a purpose of my life. And towards the end of our conversation, I was driving on South Tryon and I saw a good shepherd. So I took that as a divine sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, I, I drove into the parking lot. And, um, you know, uh, till today, that's my solitary place. Ah. Where I come often, uh, you know, uh, during the week and I pray. And that's how I, I came to good shepherd. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Annie, could you tell us about what your life was like here in the States before Good Shepherd? Okay. So, after I left Liberia, I went to Minnesota. Ooh. What was Minnesota like? Cold. Cold, cold yeah. <laughs> Very cold. Culture shock. <laughs> Anyways. So, I went to a two-year Bible school in Minneapolis. And um, while I was in school, about a year, almost a year after I left Liberia, civil war started in Liberia. And the first night of the civil war, 
my dad and my stepmom were murdered. Sorry, guys. Nope, you're fine. Okay. And then as the war was going on, a brother was also murdered. And friends from high school, junior and high school, they were all murdered as well. After that, I was very, very bitter. I was angry. Could you hold your mic up a little bit more for us? There you I go. was bitter. I was angry. I was going to Bible school. I'm supposed to be a Christian, but I'm bitter. I'm angry at God. I didn't live for God. Mm. I did my own things. Mm. After college, I got a job. I got an apartment, you know, the usual. I started pursuing relationships that were not good for me. And one of those relationships, we got married, and it ended in a divorce. Not I mean, like, shortly after that. Few months after my divorce, I decided to move to Charlotte to be with my family, to be close to my family. You have family all over, right? You have brothers and sisters everywhere. Yes. I'm from a huge family, so they're all spread out. Yeah. Cousins, brothers, sisters. I, I actually still have a host of family back home in Liberia as well. Awesome. So my nephew and his, his wife and children, they live in Monroe. Mm -hmm. And I have a sister who lives just in Indian land. So. Yep, came to be closer to family. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing about the... Uh, tragedy that came upon your family. Um, so Gabor, could you tell me a little bit what your life was like in the US? You came to Moody, what was going on there? Yeah, so it was a really weird experience because prior to coming to the States, all my exposure was American missionaries to the American culture. And I grew up with their kids there, through the church, through the international school there uh, in Hungary. But when I came here, it was not the same. It was not all American missionaries and all Christians. And on top of that, I had this weird situation in my life where I, as far as I still know to this day, I was the only Christian in my high school. So coming to Moody Bible Institute where there's a thousand plus students on campus, supposedly all, fire on, the, all on fire for the Lord, wanting to be in full-time ministry, and I was like, this feels wrong. Like, it doesn't feel right. It just never occurred to me, like, yeah, like, that just because it's a Christian doesn't mean everyone is going to be a Christian. Trying to find a home church in Chicago was hard because I was comparing it to my home church back in Hungary that was 300-plus all-American missionaries and diplomats who were on fire for the Lord, all ministry 24-7. That was not the case here in the States. So when I came, I was really disappointed. I was, I was a little bit disappointed in God. I'm like, all the people who came from America to share the gospel with my people in, in Europe, where's the fire? What's going on? Um, so I was struggling with that, but I kept growing. I had a lot of amazing professors and friends who poured into my life. Uh, some dear friends who are still called best friends to this day. Um, and then, yeah, in the midst of all that, I, I happened to have met a beautiful girl and uh, started dating, got engaged, and we got married. Um, and she's running over here. Yeah. <laughs> 
I live. But in the midst of all I, that, yeah, in the midst of all that, yeah. um, we graduated, and my visa got terminated through different circumstances, and that led to the darkest period of my life to this day as a Christian. Uh, I am fairly certain I was depressed, uh, and I was just struggling, and my manhood as like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the man, I'm the provider, I'm supposed to be taking care of my family, and I was stuck home, and in the midst of all that, the big old uh, COVID came along, and the country shut down, including the immigration system. So if it wasn't already a hard one, it made it harder um, that I can provide for my family and take care of them. And Chicago took things into another level where there were days where you could only leave the, the apartment or the house if you take your dog out for a walk. And that was my exposure to people. Um, so I was struggling that time. Um, but through the Lord's provision, I, I got my paperwork figured out and I got my green card and then started working for a church in Chicago. We were both on staff at a church. Um, but in the midst of all that, we figured out that we're pregnant. So after many uh, years of, of conversations and thinking about what we're going to do next, uh, are we going to stay in Chicago, go somewhere else? Uh, while we knew we're not going to be long-term in the States, our heart was always to go into, uh, to Europe, into full-time ministry there. We decided that it was time for us to move closer to family, which I don't have any family in the States whatsoever. I just came for school. But Liv's family uh, lives uh, just outside of Charlotte, so we want to be closer to them as we, uh, awesome. we figure that we're pregnant. Very cool. That's awesome. So um, let's start over here with Annie. I want to ask this next question, which as I know you're here in Charlotte. You're close to family, which is great. And then you find yourself, you, you started in one church and you found yourself here in Good Shepherd. And this is where you were introduced really what it meant to have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you tell us about what your life is like now here as a part of the Good Shepherd family? I am just happy to be here at Good Shepherd. When I first um, moved here, like Chris said, I went to a church, became a member there. And then, of course, after I moved down in this area, I decided to find a church close to home. And I came to Good Shepherd and never looked back. And here at Good Shepherd, I'm just so thankful that we have the opportunity to serve, serve in different, different um, areas. And I'm also thankful that we can also, I mean, the, uh, Good Shepherd teaches the Bible. They teach, they teach from the Word of God. He, so because of that, I'm growing in my faith. I read my Bible. I study my Bible in the morning. Like Calvin always says, you, when you wake up in the morning, you start your day in the Word and not the Word, the Word around you. So that's what I'm, I'm doing is, is helping me to grow in my faith. Also, I'm part of a life group. My life group is my family. And I just, it, it, we help each other out. We pray for one another and we keep each other accountable. And that is just a great thing to do as Christians, especially in a big church like um, Good Shepherd. And serving is one of my greatest um, love for, that I have for this church. The, the, the fact that they give us different opportunities to serve. When we serve as Christians, 
we are serving God, we are serving others, we are his hands and feet. So that's what we are supposed to do as Christians, and I'm really, really thankful that Good Shepherd has given us the opportunity, given me the opportunity to be able to do so. That's awesome, Annie. We have, I've gotten to... I've known Annie pretty much the entire time I've been here, and you are truly one of the most, you have one of those beautiful souls here at this church, so I'm really grateful to call you my friend, so I appreciate that, you sharing that with us. Joseph, what's your living relationship with Jesus Christ like now? All right, so that night when I, um, you know, I came to the parking lot, I prayed this simple prayer. Lord, I'm away, I want to come back to you, guide my steps. That's, that, that's a simple prayer I prayed. And I remember the present that my dad gave when I was moving to United States back in 2015. And it was this Bible. Mm. So, and, and he wrote a beautiful note. When I opened this, I read this after many years. And uh, I, I just want to read this. Real Please quick. read it. So, it was this. It was this. Mm -hmm. So, it goes, My dear Joseph, this is the precious gift of God given to all mankind, but very few esteem this gift as their own. They are blessed for eternity. Do hope you will also hug this gift of God to your heart and receive every blessing from him. Once Brother Watchman Nee said, this book will keep you away from sin and sin will keep you away from this book. Mm. May God Almighty be with you and bless you. Yours loving in him, dad. So, yeah. so from then on, couple years down, my faith was rekindled. Um, I started to take baby steps. Now I'm strong in faith. And um, you know, I take joy serving at Good Shepherd Kids every week. And I'm here every week welcoming with a big smile. <laughs> and. Uh, also, I'm a part of a prayer team. Mm -hmm. So uh, every week I make some time on Saturday to go over the prayer request and pray. And, and I'm a part of different life groups. So the important thing I have learned is to recognize his, his presence, mm. right? I always have this question in my mind. When I pray, what should I do? I, I close my eyes and just say a few words or what, I, what should I envision? So we did this study called the Red Sea Rules, where I learned it's about recognizing his presence. From, from then on, it had a significant impact on my life. Every morning when I wake up, I say, Dad, thank you for waking me up, making me healthy, blessed, confident, handsome. <laughs> yeah. Same, same. Come into, come into my day, help me enjoy it. So I heard this sermon here at Good Shepherd where uh, you don't have to you know, uh, go through the day. You, know, you don't have to endure through the day. You can enjoy it. So, and and I, I invited Jesus into different avenues of my life. And you know, I'm a different person now. I have grown strong, and I'm stronger than ever in faith. That's awesome, Joseph. Thanks for sharing that. 
So Gabor, briefly, we're just about out of time here. I, I'd love to know if you could just share with us, um, you're at Good Shepherd, you, because, you actually, he actually works here, if you didn't know that, he works here. He's actually our AVL coordinator for our students. Um, high school, middle school, and for uh, the Spanish-speaking ministry. And, and what kids, else am I missing? Kids. Kids. Kids all of and, My and goodness, he's a busy guy. Marriage ministries and... Everything else. Everything else that's yep. not in here, basically. Yep. And he has, like, the world's best boss. Like, really. He I have a pretty okay boss, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, tell us about what you're, what's next for you. So, yeah, as I mentioned, like, our goal was um, to go back to Europe in the midst of that, we are both on staff here at Good Shepherd, and we are very blessed to do so. And while we're on staff working here, and I have the privilege to serve your students uh, and kids at this church, we're also raising our full-time support to go back to Europe, and we're headed to Birmingham in the UK to work with refugees over there. That's awesome, and that's in a couple of years from now. That's great. So this has been amazing. You guys are incredible. It's just been a real pleasure to get to know and hear your story, and I'm sure you bless so many different people. Would you let them know one final time how much you appreciate them today? That's awesome.